Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and a whole lot more. Most of the time on Open Line Friday, and guess what today is? Need I remind you, it's Friday. We did make it. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Audrey Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is Season 3, Episode number 36, for Friday, March 3rd, first Friday of the meteorological period known as Meteorological Spring 2023. Today's episode brought to you by Rise and Dine in Chesterland. We're heading into the weekend, and what better way to start that weekend than to treat yourself to someone else making a wonderful breakfast, brunch, or lunch for you. Rise and Dine waiting for you in Chesterland at the corner of Routes 306 and 322. And they're on the southeast side, just south of the CVS in the plaza down below. And I'll tell you what, you are in for a treat. I've already run into a number of people who have sampled it for the first time and said, oh, wow. Oh, I was right. Green eggs and ham? You got it. Don't worry, the eggs are not really green, but the green comes from spinach. And of course, Sunday's coming around, and every Sunday they have on their menu a special, Eggs Benedict and some of the best around. So take this weekend to venture on over to Chesterland, corner of 322 and 306. Pretty easy to find in the plaza, just south of the CBS on the southeast corner. Make sure you say hi to the owners, Frank and Terry Arco. They're usually there, making sure that a smile is on your face. Okay, it's Open Line Friday. Many, many times I have all kinds of really interesting topics. Sometimes they're weather-related, but most of the time, they're not. However, that's not the case for this Open Line Friday. In fact, I've already told you this week, if you are a Weather Jazz listener, that I would have with me a conversation earlier recorded this week between myself and Scott Sable. Scott Sable is our morning meteorologist at WJW Television and has been for a very long time. In fact, when I first started working at WJW-TV, In my 20s, he was one of my interns, and he at the time was getting his meteorology degree at St. Louis University, and obviously has had a wonderful career since then, coming to WJW, and now our morning meteorologist for a number of years, spreading past a decade now, really, since 
2007. Well, one of the things that Scott is very well known for is his ability to do a ton of research in a short period of time. Every single one of us in the Fox 8 Weather Center is continually amazed at how Scott is able to juggle so many weather hits in the morning. And that's usually a weather segment every eight minutes. And doing research on top of that, and research that goes way beyond just scratching the surface, he digs in and digs in hard and comes up with some fascinating things almost every single day. That's why it's worth watching Fox 8 News in the morning and Scott Sable when you get your day started. Well, one of Scott's strengths is the ability to parse through all of the medium and long-term weather parameters. Now, that's not to say he's perfect. Nobody's perfect in long-range forecasting, even short-range forecasting. As I always like to say, the forecast is the forecast. It's not the gospel. There are only four of those that I'm aware of, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The rest, well, it's a forecast. It's helpful information. We take our cues from the atmosphere and generally do a pretty decent job. In fact, in the recent decades, the near-term forecast for the first 48-hour period really improved quite a bit. However, we still have a ways to go when it comes to seasonal forecasting, although we are doing pretty well in the sense that most winters, and summers for that matter, we're able to get the flavor pretty close to where it ended up. Now, that wasn't the case this year. And so we always learn from what went right and what went wrong. And that's part of the conversation that I had with Scott Sable as he joined me on Weather Jazz to talk about this past winter and where we might be heading in the month of March. All right, Scott, you are on the cold seat or the hot seat or or, or maybe the lukewarm seat. You're on it. <laughs> but we've been on it now since what, Christmas? I mean, that's crazy. It, 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 there's, there, we only had six days below normal since January 1st. I was just, I mean, that's if you would have told me that back when we did our winter outlook, I would have said there is absolutely right. no way. But here we are, you know, as we record this heading into, uh, you know, finishing up February into early March and. No long stretches of cold, not only here, but I mean, pretty much most locations east of the Mississippi, there just hasn't been anything. Yeah. And any hits that we have seen have been very, very quick. And right. Sally and I were talking and saying, boy, if every winter's like this, you know, it's not bad. I mean, we've had, this is going to be the eighth winter in a row where we've had either normal snowfall or below. Right. And in one sense, I'm almost glad we didn't see a record for the least snowy February on record, because then all of the the, the climate folks would climb on board and just be all over it. It's, I love Joe Pistardi's, uh quote, every single record is made to be broken. Mm-hmm. Every single one. High, no low, most, least. It's, it's just, you know, just waiting for the right opportunity. Uh, so... We missed an opportunity to to really uh, 
have one of those memorable moments, but I'm glad we did. Woke up Saturday morning with 1.1 inches of snow, and I just breathed a sigh of relief. Yeah, I remember driving in some of that too Saturday morning, but it melted off pretty quick. I mean, the daytime highs were in the 40s, sun yeah. angles a little higher, you know, it did, stuff like that just doesn't last a long time unless it gets brutally cold. But, you know, we're kind of entering in the time of year two, heading into March, where, you know, at least historically, getting temperatures that are, you know, say mid upper twenties for highs for long stretches. It just, it happens, right? but it doesn't happen very often. Something no. really crazy would have to happen over for us here and across the Great Lakes, Ohio Valley to get something like that. So, um, but yeah, we, we, you know, you and I were talking, um, you know, off camera about, about the potential for maybe some, I called early spring cold, which would be March. Right. And there's some indications now that, you know, everything is kind of leaning to to that, maybe heading into the middle of March. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll see how this works out. But there's a lot of different components like we always talk about that go into these type of, of two and three week outlooks versus seasonal outlooks. Um, but, um, you know, the one we're watching now is the tropics, you know, the tropics in the Pacific, everything is beginning to shift um, out, out of a um, favorably warm phase, the MJO, and now into a phase that, okay, now we got, and it's, and the magnitude is increasing. Mm-hmm. Just one of, just one of many. So, so far up to this point, mm-hmm. because meteorologically, uh, winter is over tomorrow, March, mm-hmm. or tomorrow when we're recording this, we're recording this on the last day of February. Mm-hmm. And really for all intents and purposes, did we do a good job with the winter forecast? Nope, Mm-mm. we really didn't, because we foresaw longer periods of cold, more snow, and that uh, it started to happen right around Christmas, but it just never persisted. There was something always fighting off the persistent cold and the persistent snow. Uh, but uh, here we go into March. Okay, let's go ahead for the sake of arguing. What is what makes March different compared to what we have seen so far in December, January, and February? I think the big difference, and we're seeing some small but not total similarity to what happened in, in uh, mid to late December when we had those long stretches of cold. Um, again, the tropics are more favorable now. We're entering into a, a, the magnitude of the MJO is increasing. It's heading into what we call phase. I think it's one, and then it kind of wrapping around to eight and seven, somewhere in the mm-hmm. 11 o'clock position, if you look at a dial and a clock. Um, and that's one component. Uh, I noticed uh, even further south, the Southern Oscillation Index, which is the pressure pattern between Tahiti and uh, Darwin Station. There was a big, if I remember correctly, there, there was a big drop late last week. And I'm like, well, that's the first time we've had a drop right. like that in a yes. long time. Yeah. And when you look at the analog composites in a La Nina late winter, Usually that means some sort of trough that'll migrate over the Great Lakes and then, you know, back into the eastern half of the country. Um, there was also some signs of maybe a, a, a weak Greenland block forming. Um, and on top of all that, and this is something that I haven't studied a lot, and there's some papers that I mean to read, something called East Asian Mountain Torque. So if anybody wants to do a Google search on EAMT, wow. Mm-hmm. It has to do with, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this description, but it's basically the airflow that comes over um, East Asia and mm-hmm. the Tibetan plateau. And, it, and, and in essence, it either there's either a positive or a negative number assigned to that. 
And when you look at, at, at what happens when it comes east, typically if it goes, and I believe it's positive that sometimes that like it did back in late December, that translates into the pressure pattern favoring more cold. I believe that's how it went in December. And we're starting to see that again developing now. In fact, I just printed something off and I have it, have it in the other room. Um, again, forgive me if I'm, I'm butchering that, if anyone who knows more about that than I do, but that's definitely an area of research that I'd love to check out because again, I, for, for lack of oversimplification, there's that ripple effect. And when you combine that, you combine that with the, uh, the changes in the, uh, in the tropics, both the SOI and the MGO and maybe a, uh, a, a weak Greenland block, you combine a lot of those different factors and, you know, looking ahead to the middle of March, we might have, you know, a large portion of the country, northern half of the country, go below normal. So I think the bigger question is, what is the, um, what's the intensity of that cold? What's the storm track? And mm, mm. does it have, it, and what's the sustainability? How long are we looking at a day? Right. Are we looking at five days? Um, you know, at least I think initial inspection, it might be a week, you know, but like you talked about, middle of March cold, a lot different than January, February cold. Right. Totally mm. different. But we can yet erase a, a big chunk of the deficit, the uh, snowfall deficit, with one of those mid-March snowstorms. Uh, a case mm-hmm. in point with the, the the one in the 1990s that went mm-hmm. up the East Coast and just, we were on the edge of that one. But uh, it slammed people from Alabama to New England. Right. Oh, so I remember the, that. Yeah, under the right conditions, you can you can see some of that. Now, having said that, though... We have a really deep deficit of, of two to three feet, and you know, trying to recover that is going to be next to impossible. Will it happen? Could. Never say never, the atmosphere. Uh, but it's almost darn near impossible. Right. In the meantime, Buffalo is, just, is still sitting on a 70-inch surplus. 70! I saw that. Yeah, it's crazy, all because of that one big storm. Right. I right. think in December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in mm-hmm. December. Yeah, and that, um, I remember watching that. Yeah, what did they get, like 70, like 78 inches, 80 right, inches? Right, I remember that right around the holidays. All in three days. Right, right. And uh, my friend Mike Saika, who works in Buffalo, he's longest lasting uh, TV personality in Buffalo now, uh, he said that moving around in the city for for those few days afterwards was nutty, absolutely nutty, impossible, uh, because you had these huge mounds that looked like Mount Everest of of snow everywhere. Yeah, there was no place to put it. Right, I've seen so, pictures that reminded me of what we got hit with, and we always bring up the November of '96 big right. snow. You remember that one back in November of, that, too of well. that year. Yeah, yeah. Sally was pregnant uh, back then. Wow, that's crazy. I remember working. That was the time where I worked 60 some odd straight hours Mm -hmm. forecasting down at Burke Lakefront and, um, you know, watching the bands go. And I'm like, whoa, what is going on? It was one after another after another. War ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. War scars or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the other thing I was noticing, too, and I just ran some numbers, um, you know, this winter could end up being the third warmest on record when we go back and Mm -hmm. look at all of the data going back to the 1870s. Now you go back that far and, yeah, there are some years where there's some missing data, um, but still that's that's pretty impressive, you know, and, you know, coming up maybe later on, you know, when we get deeper into March and and past this round of cold, maybe we can go back and do kind of a... um, kind of a recap of what we missed specifically and right. what we, mm. there were a few things we got right, but 
you know, there are a lot enough. of things we didn't. Not yeah, enough, not enough, of, not enough, enough of those yes. things. So, all right. Well, March may be interesting. Mm-hmm. And of course, the the anchors that I work with in the evening, no one, I use the word interesting. They all stop and kind of look at each other going, oh, God, I use that word again, interesting, which, uh, you know, but wow. we'll have to wait to see what March uh, will give us. But um, it could be. It could be very interesting. Yeah. yeah, especially the middle. Yeah, especially people going out for St. Patrick's Day. That'll be, you know, it's that's <laughs> kind of a big day. So we and we won't even begin to look at April just yet. Why don't we right. wait to see what March gives us, and and then uh, especially given the all of the parameters that are shifting, and uh, I think we'll have a better idea what we might be looking at uh, in April. Incidentally, the leaf out is. Uh, Creeping, not creeping, it's leaping north too fast. And if March turns out to be too cold, that may arrest the the leaf out or or at least really, really slow it down. So that's, it could be injurious to the trees. Yeah, you know, I was looking at that and I think I saved a graphic for you guys uh, showing that, that it's already into Southern Ohio. I mean, they're already getting some, you know, some leaves on the trees. I mean- you know, and you compare that to last year, and the northern extent of that maybe wasn't into southern Tennessee. Mm-hmm, right. You know, I mean, it, you, like you said, it's way, way ahead of schedule. Our trees are, the, the buds are swelling. Mm-hmm. And that's that's too early. This is February. Right, Last right. day of February. Of course, you, you're hearing this in the early stages of March, but still, even in early March, to have trees swelling, uh, the buds swelling, that's... Too early. Right, right. And the one thing we don't want when we head into March, too, is any one of these systems, let's say for some reason one of these systems doesn't produce a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of liquid precipitation this winter. Yes. And yeah. when you look at the, and, and I'm going to post it on my weather blog, and it, and it's just, it's basically just for a comparison's sake. But if you were to take all of the liquid precip that we've had, subtract the snow, which isn't much, and then take the remaining liquid precip, and then convert that to snow using a fifteen, a one to fifteen ratio, average ratio, thinking one to ten is a little too small. And then to see what that n- number is, you know, that's still pretty high. We've had years with more, but still, I think this this year is probably top ten if you were to convert all that to snow to give you an idea mm-hmm. of the range. Usually, right. it's much tighter because most of the precip is in the form of snow. But anyway, you know, we've had a lot of rain. We have saturated ground. You get any more rain, and then you get leaves on the trees too early, and then you get a big system coming in here, oh, and it could bring yeah. down tree. You know what I mean? Sure. You don't want to have that happen heading into early spring. You know, too prematurely with those with those leaves. Scott is always fascinating, and these always get huge, huge numbers because people are interested in medium and long range forecasting and what goes into it. We haven't figured it out yet. We're still learning. And we'll, oh, yeah. You know, we'll probably still be learning well beyond we're gone. And uh, because the atmosphere is just that way. It is. You got it. But it's fun anyway. It's fun nonetheless to do some uh, some of that research. It's fun to see where the atmosphere takes us. And we'll have you back here in the next few weeks, especially as we wrap up March and look at April. People, I'm sure, are going to be interested in what we're thinking for April and May. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially if March turns out to be cold and snowy. Oh, absolutely. And to see what happens with the, uh, you know, see if any of these winter parameters, you know, continue into spring doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean it'll translate to 
warm or cold, but we'll see. We'll talk about that coming up in the week's ahead. All right. All right. We'll see you soon and uh, stay well. Say hi to the morning crew for me. Definitely, Andre. We'll talk to you. Well, there may be a lot of terms that perhaps in our discussion you may or may not have recognized. That's okay. It's just like listening to two weather nerds rocking out on the back porch, watching life go by. Eventually, you start picking up some of what we're talking about. And essentially, you're learning along with us because we're learning too. Let's see where March ends up and we'll have Scott come back as we head into April and see how we did in March. And maybe even by April 1st or so, we'll get an idea of what we might be looking at in terms of a summertime pattern. Now, the summertime forecast, the official one that we put out on Fox 8 News in Cleveland, will come out sometime in late April or early May. And we'll let you know when to look for that right here on Weather Jazz. It's Friday. And that means I get to brag on the people that step alongside me and really make this program what it is, gives me access to tools that I otherwise wouldn't have, like the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line and audio editing and programming tools that make Weather Jazz sound fabulous. So my hats off go to, in Vermont, Victoria Singer. And Kean Galunas in Florida, Bill and Judy Martin. In Ohio, Brian and Christine Barnes and Will and Tonya Krause and family. I am truly eternally grateful that you see value in Weather Jazz. And I welcome other people to join in too. It does take production costs. And certainly your help will be well appreciated and certainly very welcome. Get your name on the list. Go to weatherjazz.com, click on the supporter tab, and just follow the instructions, and we'll add your name on the next Friday edition of Weather Jazz. Hope to see you on board. If you have a question or a topic suggestion, I welcome your input. You can easily reach me, weatherjazz at yahoo.com, and also, as I mentioned before, I've got a Weather Jazz podcast audience connect line waiting for your voicemail. The number is 234-525-5888. Again, 234-525-5888. And by the way, not to worry about jotting this down anywhere if you're listening in your car and driving or maybe out on a Friday run. I got you covered. All you have to do is when you get back home or the office, go to weatherjazz.com. And click on the contacts page and all of that information will be right at your fingertips. Well, I'll tell you what, the rain has just begun and it is getting heavy. It's starting to get breezy and the barometer is falling. And right here at the Weather Jazz Studios, I'm looking at my instrument cluster and it is falling at the rate of 0.14 inches per hour and accelerating. It's now at 29.64 inches as of 1 p.m. And we're going to be pretty close to the record low barometer by sometime around 8 p.m. By the way, the lowest barometric pressure or altimeter reading 
at Hopkins Airport ever recorded in March was on March 17, 1973, when the barometer went down to 28.90 inches. There are a bunch of computer models that say we'll be close to 29.00. That's only a tenth of an inch away from a record. We'll obviously be monitoring that, and we will revisit that on Monday, Meteorological Monday, right here on Weather Jazz. Have a great weekend, stay well, and we'll see you on Monday. Weather and science across the globe.